aka Corporate Streets presentation. Welcome to the Powercast. The Powercast. The Powercast. The Powercast. Welcome to the Corporate Streets Powercast. This is the podcast discussing the 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. And today you have TJ. And this is Jaren. And this week we are talking about the 43rd <clears throat> law. Work on the hearts and minds of others. Translation time. Go ahead and hit us with that translation main. All right. So the translation this week is love me with your mind and not your heart. Which really isn't a direct translation for this law, but it's a hotline from Jay Z. So, I mean, and it has all the words in there. It has all the key words in there. So, <laughs> I'm gonna go with it anyway. <laughs> That's cool. Thanks for the explanation, cause that sounds like the opposite. <laughs> it's well half the opposite. Yeah. Cause it says work on the hearts and minds, but yours is. Love me with your mind, that's right. But yeah, it's a high Jay Z line, so it works. All yeah. right, we'll take it. Yep. <laughs> that works. A few words from the OG Robert Greene Coercion creates a reaction that would eventually work against you. You must seduce others into wanting to move in your direction. A person you have seduced becomes your loyal pawn. And the way to seduce others is to operate on their individual psychologies and weaknesses. Soften up the resistant by working on their emotions, playing on what they hold dear and what they fear. Ignore the hearts and minds of others and they will grow to hate you. It's pretty strong words, man. And it's pretty clear, too. I pretty much agree with what he's talking about. And I'll just go right into it, man. The OG spoke about a bunch of different personality types in the book. I'm just going to make this thing easy. Let's just say we're talking about elitists and millennials. All right. Think about the arrogant, the self-centered, the selfish, the entitled. You know, there are th- these are the words that sum up the personality types that he's describing here. Okay. And these types don't care to make others happy. They kind of run over people they have a bunch of casualties <laughs> to get what they want. All right. The elitists so. and the millennials. Elitists and millennials. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. I'm about to agree with that. Yeah. Because like I said, arrogant, self-centered, selfish, entitled. Yeah. When, this is all about self. <clears throat> and when you think about self, you're not thinking about others. And you really need people to have power. How else are your deeds and needs going to be covered? If nobody's willing to help you, you need a foundation. Yeah, those, you need a support system. Yeah, those those one percenters definitely don't care what you know the mainstream people are doing. They're rich. Yeah, they don't care about broke boy problems. <laughs> right. And millennials, they just care about likes and retweets and themselves. Yeah. and they feel like they deserve right. Yeah. Well, I came here. I made it. Don't I get like a trophy or something? I'm here. I stood in like, line I all stayed night. I could have stayed at home. I stood in line all night. I still should get some shoes even though they sold out. And I just still just <laughs> got here late. 
I've been here for 14 hours. I should get something. It's yeah. like, uh, yeah, we told you when they run out, they're out. Like, I don't, I don't know what you didn't understand. I didn't ask you to stand here for 14 hours for sure. You mean I stood out here for 14 hours for nothing? <laughs> yeah, man, like we got so. more shoes in here if you <laughs> if you would like to come and look. <laughs> yeah, we out of those Jordans, but we got other shoes. You know, we got these uh, CP threes right here. They got a Jordan symbol on. Chris Chris Paul's pretty good. <laughs> in order to persuade people, you have to pay attention to what they're attracted to. You got to know what they like. And what they don't like. And OGRG just talks about how it's all psychological. And this totally makes sense, man. Like, if you want to get people on your side, you got to you have to appeal to what they like. Because if you keep appealing to what they don't like, then you're not going to get anywhere. That little old lady that's at her desk and she's really, really nice and sweet. When you coming over trying to overpower her. Trying to tell her, hey, look, I need this done by the end of the... Yeah, I need you to just do it. Just stop what you're doing and do it. She's not going to take well to that. A lot of people won't, but she definitely won't. When you go to her desk and ask her how her grandkids are doing and ask her how she's doing today and let her know that you need a little bit of help. Do you how her feet feel. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Is it cold in here to you today? Yeah. I got a jacket. You want to you wanna use that jacket? Just appealing to the things that she cares about, asking her which type of coffee she's drinking a day, which type of hot tea tickles her fancy. She'll be more likely to want to help you because you've appealed to her interests. <clears throat> um, last week, I mentioned the Game of Thrones. Yep. And I mentioned how there was this character who freed, uh, or excuse me, like she killed the leader of this army and then took over the army. Well, what she also did was this army that was basically comprised of uh, they were essentially slave soldiers. Okay. So they weren't free men. So she said, first thing she said after she killed the guys, all of you are free. Go ahead and kill anybody that's holding the whip and who were one of your captures. All right, now they all gone. So you guys are all free. If you would like to leave, go ahead and leave. But I need an army. If you want to fight with me, you know, stay and we're going to go and ride on these fools. And, of course, like you said, she appealed to something that they liked, which is freedom, <laughs> you know, and they stayed. Every, every one of them stayed. None of them left. So, I mean, you probably won't be in a situation where you have to free the people. But yeah, that's a good move. That's a dope <laughs> move right there. <laughs> but she got her way. There you go. And that's the ultimate. That's what power is. Getting what you want from other people without having to coerce them. Right. Yeah. And just because you're in a position of power doesn't mean you have to rule with an iron fist because you're eventually going to tear apart. You're going to tear apart that support system. Yeah. And people won't be willing to listen to you. They won't be willing to help you. They're going to start to hate you. But if you work to seduce and persuade and win the hearts of other people, they'll be more willing to support your ideas. For example, in meetings, you can't go in there with all the answers already. 
we know that you have you know you had extra time to think about it because you're the one that called the meeting nobody wants to go in there and hear everything that you have to say about how you want to fix the problem how you're going to make all these changes you go in there and act like you want to start from scratch you let other people come up with the ideas you let people feel like they're involved and they'll be more likely to support and carry out the plan which is the plan you had all along but let them feel like they're doing part of it versus you just coming in and ruling with an iron fist and telling them what they're going to do. Yeah, don't come in there with, you know, I'm going to do this, this and that and I'm going to fire people and chop off heads. You know, that might still get results, but they will definitely you, you won't win over any uh, new friends at all. But if you come in there you know saying you know i like to listen you know i like to meet with people if you have any you know ideas we can meet privately and talk about them showing that you're open and you're kind of catering to their feelings and their thoughts yeah that would definitely probably win them over more and you know they'll still you know do what you ask them to do because you seem like you're on their side and you care about you know their input And I know some of you out there are thinking, you know what? I don't need no friends. I don't need friends at all. I get you. I understand. You can substitute the word friends for allies because you do need allies. You can't do the work of people in another department because you're in your department. And this works in the street or it works in the workplace. You can't do the work of another group. You need allies in that other group to get that work done. So you do need friends or allies whatever you want to call them. exactly like i'm i know i'm an ally for certain people out um in my company when they'll come directly to me when they want to get something specific done because they know that i'm gonna be consistent doing it and i'm gonna do it you know and get them the results they need they can't do it themselves so they need an ally in our accounts payable department and that's me <laughs> So do you get like a lot of sweet talk and a lot of gifts, a lot of swag? No. Do they try to butter you up? No, I mean, it's it's nothing like that. It's just a simple, you know, like like a happy greeting. uh, You know, it ain't nothing crazy like that. I'm not getting no gifts. But they know not to come to you with that, with the wrong attitude. (laughs) Because they're like, man, I need something to do. Hi, Jaron, how are you? Yeah, it's like that. You helped me last time. I was wondering if you can help me again. It was that kind of thing. You did such a great job last time. And you know what? You're really good at what you do. I came back. It'll be really quick. You think you can help me with this? Yeah. And I'm trying to give you all this credit and props. And it, But, you know, but at the same time, it'll be something that's really not difficult at all for me. But it seemed like it was a lot of trouble for them. So Right. It meant the world to them, right? Yeah. So in the keys to power. OG had a great point. During this journey to power, you're going to encounter a lot of people who have no, who have absolutely no interest and no reason to want to help you. Okay? You're trying to get power. You're going to run into a lot of people. And most of those people, they don't gain anything or they don't see what they gain from helping the likes of you. All right? Unless they just genuinely want to help you. So if you come empty handed, you're going to look like a leech. Or you're going to look like an opponent. 
You're going to look like somebody who's challenging them or somebody who's trying to be better than them. So the key is knowing how to seduce the stranger. Seduce them enough to get them to want to help you. And I know this goes without saying. I kind of said it last week, too, but I'll say it again. This seduction is not sexual. I'm not telling you to be promiscuous. And I didn't get the vibe that the OG <coughs> is suggesting promiscuity. I mean, you could seduction be. Seduction meaning attracting people to give you the power play. You could be promiscuous. Promiscuous. I mean, it could work for this law as well. And it could. <laughs> I'm saying that's not the only thing I'm alluding to because people relate seduction to sexual activity. And Look, that's not. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. In the words of Ronnie, the wise Ronnie, you got to use what you got to get what you want. <laughs> okay. I'm with <laughs> Shout out to Ronnie from Players Club. <laughs> Alright Wow Why does that sound like You really know Ronnie And there really is A players club <laughs> Maybe there is In Chicago Could be Alright For the hot take of the week though <coughs> Going into a situation Trying to boast And be flashy With the power that you have Will not make people like you It's gonna make people hate you and I think, you know, in, in life, when we hear about the haters, I think this is where it came from, came from or where it comes from. You hear people talking about their haters and they probably began hating because you came into the room in a manner in which they believe you were showy or boastful. And I'm going to throw the disclaimer out there just so you know there there are negative people out there. And so. No matter what you do or how cool you are, there are going to be people out there that don't like what you do. But definitely if you come in trying to flash off your Louis belt that you got, trying to, you know, trying to show your BMW that you just bought, your, your little 328 that you got that you're super excited about, which is cool to be excited, but you're trying to stunt, you're trying to floss it, you're pulling money out of your pocket, you're talking to your money phone. Okay. <laughs> people are not going to like that, man. People gonna see you as flashy and boastful, and they're probably gonna hate you. And you know, hence the haters. The haters come out, and that that's in business and street talk. Now, what you can do, you can walk into that same room, and or that same porch, and simply with a big smile, or uh, well, I would say with a big smile, just greet everybody, shake everybody's hand. And, I mean, you still get that attention, but it's going to be a different type of attention. Exactly. Because the BMW is still, the 328 is still outside. Right. Right. I mean, people still see it. But when they see it and they see you being open to speak to other people and having a good attitude, it's likely that people will be more apt to accept your personality. Yeah. Versus you coming in like, yeah, man, whew. I just got it out of that BM. Man, you know that gas? It took me $45 to fill up the Beamer. Man. That's just one way. Like, <laughs> everybody's standing around like, I ain't even got a car, dog. What is this dude talking? Why he got to be all like that? Yep. So, treat everybody like they're individual. What works on one person is not necessarily going to work on somebody else. 
You have to understand the inner workings of the people that you're around because you have to interact with them. And if you want the best results, you have to go for what appeals to those particular people. All right. So, for example, going in, talking to the little old lady about sports, she might not be into that. Okay. The small talk about sports is not her thing. But if you want to talk to her about crocheting, maybe crocheting is her thing. Going to the guy, you know, that's uh, that's in the cubicle on the other side of the building, crocheting might not be his thing. So going to him and asking him about crocheting or knitting, you're not going to win that guy over, okay? Because that's not his thing. Speak you for yourself. You got to understand what each person's thing. Speak huh? for yourself. I actually know how to crochet. Well, good. You took home economics. Shout out to you, okay? And I, well, Where'd, I you learn, to, I, where'd you learn how to crochet? I could do crochet braids too. Can you? Yeah, it's really easy. I'm, dude, I might have to hire you for the wife then, homie. Yeah, I mean, I can't do the cornrow part, but if you got your own cornrows, I could put the uh, crochet <laughs> braids in. For real? Go to the shop, get some cornrows, and then come back. Yeah, and I got you. <laughs> and I crochet you up. Yeah, I got you. That's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, man, so if you want the best results to win people over, man, you have to treat everybody like an individual and understand the inner workings of them. OG talked about the psychology of it all, and that's part of the psychology. Each person is their, you know, each person is their own world to conquer. Mm-hmm. All right, OG talked about one way to win people over. Now, this was pretty interesting. He talked about large contrasts. So you put them in despair. Put them in a hard time. Put them in a struggle. And then you give them relief. And if the next time you deal with them, they're expecting the pain. But since you give them pleasure, you kind of went over their heart. And this kind of reminds me of the Stockholm Syndrome. Mm -hmm. Where if I were to hold somebody captive, but I take care of them, feed them, ask them what they want to eat, what kind of dinner they want. Although I'm holding them captive... And I'm breaking the law and I'm hurting them. I'm harming them with the fact that they can't see anybody but me and they can't see their family. They still become attached to me emotionally because I'm helping them. I'm doing something nice for them, even though I'm mistreating them by holding them captive. Or what about like a volatile relationship? So say that's actually. Yeah. Say you're like. You know, it's kind of like it may be like verbally abusive or something. You know, he's always calling you fat and saying you need to go clean up and do something with yourself. But then he bangs your back out every night. So, you know, it's 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 he's giving you that pain, but also that pleasure at the same time. Gotcha. That's true. And that's why a lot of people say, oh, man, but they love me, though. And the same thing goes for men. Chick is going through your phone, giving you a hard time about nothing, but she she's uh, <laughs> okay. showing you what that mouth does. This is the this is the power. This is the power cast. You so clean up. Be, yeah, she yeah. showing she show you what that mouth do though. There you go, and she's the best you ever had at it. Boom, big contrast. You're loving it. She must love me because I know she ain't showing nobody else what that mouth do. Right. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> Another tactic is to show others that you suffer just as they suffer. 
so they'll be able to relate to you. So if you're a manager and your employees are working overtime on that Saturday, if you're there with them, they're going to respect you more because you're more willing. And if you're more willing, they'll be more willing. Mm. But if you're like, hey, all y'all going to work on Saturday and then you come back on Monday <clears throat> talking about how you spent the weekend at the beach, a lot of people going to be pissed off. At Shout you. out to Chris Christie. You know, <laughs> you, or I mean, I would just be like, I would say the compromise would be, you know, y'all need to come into work. I'm going to work from home. <laughs> that's, that's what I would do. Yeah, I don't know if that <laughs> that's not going to get it. You got to commit, bro. You got to commit. You got to do it. It's about, life is about compromise, man. I'm still working. I'm just working from home while I play GTA. That's working. Is it not? Maybe if you're at a video game company, if you work for Rockstar, you're like, look, I'm testing out the game, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> you just play all day. Yeah. Yeah. Most importantly, the most important thing that I got from this law is that you have to motivate people with self-interest. If you get people excited about the outcome by showing them how it's going to benefit them, they're going to be more likely to help. So if I get tasked with some type of project or something, something that I need to get done and I tell the team, hey, I need to get this project of mine done because I need a good reflection of me on my review. I need you to get this thing done and I need y'all help. Nobody's going to be on board. Right. But on the flip side, you sell the project like, look, I'm working on this project. I want to make your job easier. You know that thing that takes you two hours to do? I want to make sure it only takes you 30 minutes to do it. But I can only do this and get this done with your help. If you help me, I'll better get this done in this amount of time. If I yeah. did it by myself, it would take me a year. We all have to work together. We have to work together as a team. They're going to be more apt to help because that two-hour task that they do all the time, they, want, they really want to do it in 30 minutes. So they'll do what they can to help you get that project done. One thing that was interesting is OGRG talked about keeping an artist, a writer, and or an intellectual person on your team. So when you got this team of people, you need somebody that's either intellectual, somebody that's artistic, or somebody that writes like a dream. And he says this is because people are more likely to understand through metaphors and images. Mm -hmm. So if you know how to say it or you know how to put it up visually people will be more likely if it's visually stunning or if it's said in a way that people can relate to yeah easily relate to yeah yeah people will be more likely to be attracted to what you're trying to sell them. think about the world's greatest speakers um somebody like malcolm x was a wonderful speaker and he was very relatable he talked to people as if he was their equal like he went like as if he was going through the struggle right along with him he and followed a lot of this law huh yeah yeah and so yeah that's i would i would say yeah definitely having a, like a person that's a great speaker or like you said just being able to make people easily be able to take in what you're saying yeah you definitely gotta have you somebody like, like on your team look at the difference between the presidency of say in obama in a presidency of say a Donald Trump. And I'm being objective here. Alright? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna trash Donald on this one. But you look at the intellect and the way that Obama articulated himself. He had a lot of haters out there, 
but a lot of people could appreciate and respect the way he spoke. You take like a Donald Trump, who's very, very, what's a nice way to put it? Bad. That's how he would put it. <laughs> He's very rude. rude. He's not politically correct. Sad. And and he doesn't articulate himself very well. Not he, articulate he can, at all. He can he can use some improvement in the articulation department. He definitely needs a better writer. Needs improvement. He needs some artists and he needs some indel- some intellectuals on his, on his squad. Yeah. Needs a new he squad. Need, he needs to rethink his squad though. Straight up. He does. Dude, just stop tweeting. That would that would solve about 60% of his issues. Get no, off man, of Twitter. He just got to get I think get he somebody thinks else. he's the creative. Get somebody else. I think yeah. he thinks that he's the artist. So that's why he put those tweets out there because he's doing something that no other president is doing or has done before. He's an artist at what he does, man. Okay. That I, might I have would, been an alternative fact, but I would challenge that, but you know, <laughs> we only got a thirty-minute show. Yeah, let's let's move on right now. Don't challenge me. And lastly, you need numbers, man. Don't think that you're so high up that you don't need people on lower levels of the ladder. You need to make allies on all levels. And I use this every single day at work. I'm a pretty likable person, and I appeal to people. I guess I seduce people and I make a lot of allies. So when I want to get something done and I'm usually in a rush, I'm usually on a time crunch. If I want to get something done, I can make the phone call to pretty much anybody in any department. They know who I am. I've probably paid them a compliment or two. I've used other laws uh, to, to get us up to this point. And they think good thoughts when they hear my voice or when they see me. So they're willing to help me. I have allies everywhere, whether it's the warehouse or whether it's the GM. So make allies on all levels. All right. And lastly, we got the reversal. And OJE kept it short and sweet. It ain't no reversal. Wow. Ball game. Shout out to Hitman Hollow. (laughs) You got to do this. No reversal. All right, so this has been another episode of the Corporate Streets Powercast. As always, we encourage you to copy your own copy of Sir Robert Greene's The 48 Laws of Power. You can get the audio version like we listen to, or you can get yourself a paperback version. Maybe he could sign it one day. He can't sign my iPhone. I mean, he could, but it'll probably rub off. Won't be the same. No. Because, uh, you know, Robert Greene, he needs your support. He's always doing something crazy. Balling out. What do he do this time, man? What, what does he have this time? Does he does he have like <clears throat> a uh like 50, 50, 50 iPhone sevens to make a monitor or something? What do you got? That would be kind of hot. I, I, I could I could see that. <laughs> but no, uh, it's it's pretty light this week. This week he um he's been using his Louis Vuitton bags as trash bags. Oh wow! He's just like, hey, take the trash out, and he just dumps a whole Louis Vuitton bag in the in the dumpster. Jeez. I'm actually more shocked that he's taking out his own trash, but hey, I mean, if he's gonna do it, <laughs> I'm shocked because you can't fit a lot in there. At least he uh, he's conscious of his wastes. If he can yeah. fit in the Louis bag, 
Yeah. It's probably not the so. most efficient thing, but hey. <laughs> Does leather degrade? I don't know. Is it biodegradable? I don't know, but yeah, if you need uh, a Louis bag, go check out the the wastelands of LA, I guess. I don't know where y'all <laughs> do dumps. Go are. check Robert Greene's dumpster. He he he's using his Louis bags as trash bags. Okay. Yeah. All right, and check this out, man. Just because you listen to Robert Greene doesn't mean you don't need us anymore. And just because you listen to us doesn't mean you shouldn't go and cop Robert Greene's book, man. You should definitely do that. We try to compliment the OG Robert Greene. I'll say that OG Robert Greene is like. OG Robert Green is like a birthday cake where the icing is delectable, everything is tasty, it's visually stunning, and we're like the ice cream. We compliment what he got going on, man. What What is a good birthday cake if you don't have ice cream to go with it? So, okay. that's how I explain that. Yeah, you warm up the cake a little bit in ice cream. Did it? I'm saying you gotta heat it up a little bit. The, the oh, cake. warm it up. Warm gotcha. it up, yeah. I thought you said I worn out the cake. I uh, was like, I worn it out? No. I didn't say that one before. Um, Actually, I was thinking more like Robert Greene. He's kind of like some nice double D's. Nice, full, and soft. Fun to play with. Lovely to look at. And we, we're like those nipple rings. Okay. We set them things off. Definitely. Yeah. We make them visually stunning. I think that's the third time I said that. <clears throat> I'm liking that, though. <laughs> All right. So, if you want to reach out to us and discuss some of these laws, we uh, have our email, which is the corporate streets at gmail.com. That's corporate streets with a Z. With a Z. Z. A Z as in zebra. Okay. <laughs> we're all, Zulu. We're also on Twitter. We're in the Facebooks. And one day we will be on Instagram. And next week we have Law 44. You know the 44 Mac. Right? 44 Mac. Or Law 444. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got that too. All right, so Law 44 is up next, which is disarm and infuriate with the mirror effect. You think that was plan 44, 44 mag, disarm? You hear all that? I think he's kind of lyrical, man. OG. Mirror, and 44 mirror. Yeah. All right. <laughs> So you know what you're listening to. This is the Corporate Streets Podcast. This is the podcast for people who feel like it's better to be feared than loved. Peace. And also, don't forget to throw some D's on it. On it. Yeah, double D's. Double D's on it. All right, y'all. Yeah. your life, attain your goals. Thank you for listening to the Corporate Street, the Corporate Street, the Corporate Street, Powercast, Powercast, Powercast. Powercast.